Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'na bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilmen nafi'a. Allahumme arinal hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'a. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطُلَ بَاطُلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابَ رَبِّ اِشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِ وَيَسِّرْ لِي اَمْرِ وَحْلُ الْاُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِ يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِ Esselamu Aleyküm ve Rahmetullahi ve Berekatuhu Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi Podcast Series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the 19th word. And a rough translation of the text we will be reflecting upon, inshallah, will be posted at this website. Go to uh, podcasts, then words, then the 19th word, and you can scroll down to the relevant section, inshallah. The 19th word is about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam his messengership the institution of messengership overall but the messengership of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and if you were to think about reality as reality is how we would not but expect the creator of this reality the creator of this world to reach out to us, to communicate with us, and how the messenger for that reaching out, that communication would be nobody but Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyiduna Muhammad, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, based on his beautiful character, based on his deportment in caring, in, in conveying his message, based on the sharia he has brought, and many other things and we are talking about these issues in the 19th word so Ustad Nursi organized this treatise into small sections that he called droplets Russia and we read through the first seven in this episode we will continue with the eighth droplet inshallah bismillah bilirsin ki sigara gibi küçük bir adeti küçük bir kavimde büyük bir hakim Büyük bir himmetle ancak daimi kaldırabilir. Halbuki bak bu zat büyük ve çok adetleri hem inatçı mutaassıp büyük kavimlerden zahiri küçük bir kuvvetle küçük bir himmetle az bir zamanda ref edip yerlerine öyle secaya ya aliyeyi ki dem ve damarlarına karışmış derecede sabit olarak vaaz ve tespit ediyor. Bunun gibi daha pek çok harika icraatı yapıyor. You know that a great ruler exerting tremendous effort can only remove a small habit like smoking permanently from a small group of people. So, in the world that we are living, even that is not, that does, that proves not to be um, generally possible. Smoking has been a killer among human beings and the knowledge of this has come out everybody knows that it is a killer it's a slow killer people die young on average you go you know up to your 50s etc but at the same time people cannot quit smoking so think about think about the difficulty of having people abandon leave quit practices customs habits that they are really really used to you know that a great ruler exerting tremendous effort can only remove a small habit like smoking permanent smoking permanently from a small group of people but then look this person the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, for f- those who have listened to the previous episodes will remember that we try to imagine 
going to the Arabian Peninsula, visiting the Prophet وسلم, in his masjid, in his mosque in Medina, gazing upon his beautiful face and observing him in at the helm of his duty, how he is carrying out his duty. So we are continuing with that imagination. But then, look, this person is abolishing many great customs from obstinate, fanatic, and large groups of people, not a small group of people, but the entire Arabian Peninsula. Not, you know, docile people, but obstinate, fanatic people. This person is abolishing many great customs from obstinate, fanatic, and large groups of people with what appears to be little force and a small effort in a short period of time. What appears to be. It's not little force because it is obviously God's power that's behind him, that's supporting him. But on the face of it, when we look in under like worldly terms, it appears to be a small force compared to the forces that the empires of the time could mobilize right he had a very little very little force so he abolishes many great customs not one not just from a small population but many large groups of people who are obstinate and fanatic with what appears to be a little force and a small effort in a short period of time and in their place he doesn't only remove those customs but in their place, he is spreading lofty innate characteristics and establishing them firmly to a degree that they are infused in those people's blood and veins. So he's spreading lofty innate characteristics, but he's not only talking about them so that people know about those characteristics. No, they are taking those characteristics. They are absorbing them from him. And those lofty noble characteristics are becoming part and parcel second nature of these people he is executing many other wondrous changes like this he is transforming not only a country but the hearts amazing in 23 years he is turning the likes of Omar radiallahu an before he was a believer into Omar radiallahu anh, after he was a believer from the one who was wild and rough and buried his own daughter alive to the one who cannot help crying when he remembers how he buried his daughter afterwards from the one who was walking to kill the Prophet to the one who was looking at the face of the Prophet وسلم, to, to sense his emotions, his feelings as he talked with other people, if he sensed that they were upsetting him, if he sensed that they were hurting him, he would immediately, immediately jump into action to protect the Prophet How? How can this be possible? How can a single individual in such a short period of time transform so many people so permanently, so radically? Unless there's a divine purpose, divine mission and divine power, divine support behind him. İşte şu asr-ı saadeti görmeyenlere Ceziretül Arab'ı gözlerine sokuyoruz. Haydi yüzer filozofu alsınlar, oraya gitsinler. Yüz sene çalışsınlar. O zatın, o zamana nispeten bir senede yaptığının yüzden birisini acaba yapabilirler mi? So, we poke the Arabian Peninsula in the eyes of those who turn a blind eye to that age of felicity. Age of felicity, the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam after his after his prophethood, with his companions, and the time of his companions after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's the 
age of felicity in the history of humanity, in the history of the creation. That is when the most felicitous, happiest, most fortunate, and best, noblest people lived and lived in a community together. We are poking the Arabian Peninsula in the eyes of those who turn a blind eye to that age of felicity. Here, let them take hundreds of philosophers and go there. That's where the Prophet Muhammad came and did what he did. And he did it on his own. So, those who are turning a blind eye to it, let them take hundreds of philosophers, hundreds of scientists, hundreds of administrators, whatever they want to take. Let them work for a hundred years, not 23 years, for a hundred years. Wonder if they can achieve a hundredth of what that person, the Prophet ﷺ, has achieved in a year by the standards of that time. Our standards are faster. We are living in an age of accelerated time, shrunk, shrunk space. Things happen faster now. But by the standards of his time, at a slow pace, let them achieve a hundredth of what he achieved at that time. They wouldn't be able to. Look what happened when they invaded Iraq, when they invaded uh, Afghanistan. Look what happened when they occupied all sorts of territories after World War I. Look what happened when the European Mission Civilisatrice civilizing mission supposedly justified the colonization of the world by European powers. Did they civilize anybody? Did they create any well-functioning nations out there? Did they do anything other than creating more chaos and trouble? Let them go there with their scientists, with their armies, with their intelligence services, with their contractors, agents, whatever. Let them try. Will they be able to achieve anything? Just one man, just one man in a city and the inhabitants of the city that is totally antagonistic to him. So hostile that when he goes to the Kaaba and is praying, he goes to prostration. He's not doing anything to anybody. Just prostrating before his Lord at the, in front of the Kaaba. They would be so lowered to get the entrails of a sacrificed camel, slaughtered camel, and dump it on him. So lowered. That is one man. But look what happens in the end. How he transforms those people who were ready, set to slaughter him how he makes them into these luminaries of humanity. How was that possible? Try to change one person. If you have children, and you know one of your children has some habit that you are not uh, fully agreeing with, try to change that. If you are married, and you know there is some aspect of your wife or husband that you would have preferred to be different try and change it try to change the characters of people he changed the characters of people he changed their distinctive qualities he swept away the bad ones and he brought in the noble ones try to do it with yourself Do you not have anything, any character trait that you are not happy with? Try to change it. Let's see how successful you will be. He transformed people in minutes. 
people who were ready to kill him waiting on the side for him to pass by so that they could pull the dagger that they were hiding in their in their jacket or coat or whatever and kill him he came looked in their eyes smiled put his hand on the chest of this person and then there was nobody more beloved to this person than the prophet muhammad وسلم, from that point on it is the companion of the prophet it's the sahabi himself telling us this story during the conquest of mecca how was that possible this is something really to think about and this is something really to think about not in an abstract uh, way not in abstract terms no we should look into ourselves we should look into what we are capable of doing and upon seeing our own own impotence in transforming the character traits of ourselves the closest ones to us let alone humanity then let's understand with the measure of that how tremendous a thing this was that this was a miracle this was a miracle now as we mentioned before Ustad Nursi um, writes this 19th word in a sense by rephrasing a treatise that he had written in Arabic earlier and that treatise is somewhat lengthier a bit more explanation is in there so I like to uh, read the relevant sections from that treatise which is from the Mathnavi al-Arabi al-Nuri, uh, from the luminous Mathnavi of uh, Bedou Zaman Said Nursi in Arabic. Uh, but we will read the English translation, insha'Allah. So the section from there that's relevant to here is, It is known that completely removing a small habit such as tobacco from a small group of people is indeed difficult for even a tremendously mighty ruler who exerts tremendous effort. Yet, we see that in a short period of time, with partial force and little effort, here, this person has surely and completely removed many tremendous customs from tremendously large communities who were fanatic about their customs and obstinate in their emotions. In their place, in the place of those um, old customs, he has firmly planted exalted customs and precious pure characteristics in the innate natures of these people. Take a look at Umar radiallahu anh. May God be pleased with him. Before he found guidance and after. See him as a seed that becomes a tall tree. Umar one of the closest companions of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the second caliph of the Ummah, the community of believers. Take a look at Umar radiallahu anh, before he found guidance and after. See him as a seed that becomes a tall tree. There are seeds everywhere. Each human being is a seed to be watered, to be nurtured, to be nursed, to be exposed to sunshine, to be placed in the fertile soil so that he or she can grow and become a tree and bear fruits. But is that happening? No. Many a seed are left on barren soil without water. Many a seed is buried under the ground but without the necessary other necessary circumstances and just rots that's what's happening to many people but under the sun of the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyiduna muhammad our master muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam seeds like umar grew and became what they became this is how only a thousandth among what we see of the wonders of his main works appears to us. 
So he has thousands of miracles. This is one of them. The way he was able to transform people. So whoever has not seen those times, the age of felicity, we poke this peninsula into his eyes. Let them try it there themselves. Let them take a hundred of their philosophers, go there and work for a hundred years. Will they be able to accomplish by the standards of this time a percent of what our master had accomplished in a year by the standards of that time? They will not. They will not be able to achieve. Let them take their airplanes. Let, let them take their trains. Let them take their... Uh, printing machines and let them take their internet let them disseminate knowledge at the pace that it is being disseminated by the sources of the media and whatnot today let them benefit from the, the, the standards of this time even then will they be able to accomplish a thousandth of what he had accomplished they will not they will not be able to accomplish that because the force the power the influence that was behind him was divine influence he was the messenger of the divine and it is it should become by this point completely clear that he could be nothing but the messenger of god as he said that he was the messenger of god there could not be any lie in that. We are moving on to the ninth droplet. Hem bilirsin, küçük bir adam, küçük bir haysiyetle, küçük bir cemaatte, küçük bir meselede, münazaralı bir davada, hicapsız, pervasız, küçük fakat hacalet aver bir yalanı, düşmanları yanında hilesini hissettirmeyecek derecede teessür ve telaş göstermeden söyleyemez. Also, you know that even a small person of insignificant standing among a small community cannot deliver a small but shameful lie on a controversial matter unabashed and undaunted showing no degree of distress or anxiety that would otherwise let his enemies sense his ruse. Now this is human nature too. We, we, we should you know, think about this from ourselves. A small person, an insignificant person, talking about an insignificant matter among a small community, maybe among his friends, yeah, but has to deliver a shameful lie on a controversial matter that you know, he can be challenged. There are those in the community who will be challenging him. Be it small, but still shameful. Unabashed, undaunted, showing no degree of distress or anxiety. And how is that possible? That would not be possible. I mean, they now have these like lying machines, right? They put people on that. But each and every human being has a lying machine. We sense it to, to some extent. We sense it when people lie to us. Not always. Some people are con artists. Some people are professional in this. right? But if this is a contra about a controversial matter, i.e. it is not something that we are ready to, we, we are, it's, it's a matter that we are not primed to believe. We are not ready to believe, but we are ready to challenge. So this person will be challenged. And it's also not something that the con artist may talk about in a disinterested way. No, it is a uh, a, a shameful lie. If, if it is a lie, it will become shameful. So how is that possible? Did that we went to the Arabian Peninsula, we are looking at this individual, this man, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is talking about a matter that's not small and it is a serious business. He is saying that God is talking to me. God is revealing to me. If this is a lie, this is a lie against God. It's such a big, important matter, right? But we know that even small people cannot deliver a lie like this on a controversial matter unabashed, undaunted, 
showing no degree of distress or anxiety that would otherwise let his enemies sense his ruse. So what about the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem? Şimdi bu zata bak. Pek büyük bir vazifede, pek büyük bir vazifedar, pek büyük bir haysiyetle, pek büyük emniyete muhtaç bir halde, pek büyük bir cemaatte, pek büyük husumet karşısında, pek büyük meselelerde, pek büyük davada, pek büyük bir serbiyetle, serbestiyetle, bila perva, bila tereddüt, bila hicab, telaşsız, samimi bir saffetle, büyük bir ciddiyetle, hasımlarının damarlarına dokunduracak şedid, ulvi bir surette söylediği sözlerinde hiç hilaf bulunabilir, bulunabilir mi? Hiç hile karışması mümkün müdür? Kella. Now, look at this person. Sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem. Can there be anything contradicting truth in the words of such a great person in charge of such great duty? What is that duty? He is the owner of Miraj. He is telling us that he ascended to the heavens. He crossed all boundaries. He reached the boundary of creation, beyond which there is no time, there is no space. There was a distance of two bows distance. What we don't know what that exactly is. It's a, we suppose it's a metaphorical expression. He was so close. He was the closest that any created being ever came close to the creator he is telling us that he has messages from the creator he is he is telling us that this world will all come to an end it will become dust and boom blow up and then there will be another world that will be established and that will be a permanent world and those who do good in this world will go to paradise and those who do evil in this world will go to hell. How is it? How is it? Can there be anything contradicting truth in the words of such a great person in charge of such a great duty, with such great standing? He has great standing among his people. He is known as Al-Amin. When people have good standing among their people they, they they don't want to hurt that you go to a person who is well reputed well known and a decent person who values his standing among the people and you tell this person do this for me and if it's a controversial matter if this person is not sure about your honesty and your standing he will not want to associate himself with you he has great standing among his people, right? But what is he delivering? He is delivering a, a, a great message. Can there be any contradicting, anything contradicting truth in the words of such a great person? Friend and foe, they all agree that he was great. He was the trustworthy. He was the most honest of people, most truthful of people. Friend and foe agree on this. Such a great person in charge of such great duty, messenger of God, with such great standing, while he is in need of so much trust. Right? He is coming with a tremendous matter. Of course he needs trust. People, people are changing their ways of life. People are putting their lives on the line of danger. People are agreeing to pray five times a day all their lives. Not to eat this, not to eat that, not to do this, not to do that, but do this, do that. He needs trust. Why would anybody follow a message with such consequences so many consequences on individual lives why would any person follow it unless they trusted the messenger while he is in need of so much trust as he delivers those words to such a large community 
as he delivers those words to such a large community not a couple of individuals not a few hundred not a few thousand entire humanity and the jinn and the entire creation in the face of such antagonism yes there was antagonism during his time and you know, we are imagining ourselves on the Arabian Peninsula at his time. We are looking at the likes of Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab. But has that antagonism subsided over time? Aren't there the materialists and naturalists and positivists and this and that of this age? Aren't there the... Aren't there, there the unfortunate, ignorant of this time who know him for what he was not and who do not know him what he was he what he was for for what he was isn't there so much disinformation misinformation about him in the face of such antagonism would the world all individuals all people with intellect and heart all around the world would they not come to him if they were to know him as he is how come they would not how can a person know him as he was and not be attracted to him unless that person's intellect and heart are corrupted in the face of such antagonism such antagonism that that becomes a veil between people and him on such tremendous matters regarding such a great claim so freely being so undaunted unhesitant and unabashed without anxiety with sincere clarity and utmost seriousness and in such an intense and lofty way in such an intense and lofty way that is certain to provoke his enemies now he's not mumbling he's not turning his you know head away and whispering to people no he's standing tall and strong and speaking with such certainty about such serious matters you know, he's telling the likes of Abu Jahl, you will go to hell. Go tell anybody that you are sure they will, right? Go tell anybody, not the likes of Abu Jahl, not the likes of Abu Lahab. Like these, are, these were strong people. These were strong people. They were, some of them were, you know, strong like Umar radiallahu anhu. But he was standing tall before them and saying, you will go to hell. You will go to hell and your wife will be carrying wood to burn you. Firewood to burn you. And she will be burning too. Tell that to anybody, see what happens. But did he hesitate? No in such an intense and lofty way that is certain to provoke his enemies but he is sure he knows that he is the messenger of god all indications all hints all signs that we can see on him indicate provide evidence demonstrate that he can be nothing but what, what he says he is. Can any ruse, any trick, any trickery mixed therein? No, by no means. It cannot, nothing like that can mix into this man's existence, this man's message. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In huwa illa wahyun yuha, astaizu billah. In huwa illa wahyun yuha. Surely it is nothing but revelation revealed to him. This is Quran chapter 53, 
verse 4. Evet, hak aldatmaz, hakikat bin aldanmaz. Hak olan mesleği hileden müstahnidir. Hakikat binin gözüne hayali ne haddi var ki hakikat görünsün, aldansın. The Quran, God in the Quran, closes the matter. This is what it is. Period. In huwa illa vahyin yuha. Surely it is nothing but revelation revealed to him. The message that he is conveying can be nothing but revelation. Yes, truth does not deceive. If you have the truth in your hand, you would not deceive people. You have truth. Those who want to convey lies deceive people. If you want to convey the truth, if that is all you want, you are not in need of deceiving. And he who sees the truth is not deceived. If you are clearly seeing truth as truth is, if you are clearly seeing reality as reality is, you will not be deceived. Somebody else may come to you and say this and that, but you are seeing it as it is. You are looking at the sky and seeing that it is blue and the sun is shining. If somebody came to you and spoke for an hour with the best elocution, with the best rhetoric, best arguments, best demonstrations to prove that no, the sun is not shining, it is clouded today, it is raining, as you are looking at the sun shining, you will not believe them. You will still see reality as reality is and you will be certain that it is truth. His path, which is truth, is not in need of any ruse. How can imagination appear as truth and deceive the one who has truth in his sight? He has truth in his sight. Therefore, he is not deceived. He is telling us what he is seeing. He is not deceived and he is not a deceiver either. He is seeing truth as truth is. He is seeing reality as reality is. And he is in need, he is in no need of deceiving others. So the section from the Mathnavi is as follows. No, if you have knowledge of innate human nature, so if you understand how humans, human beings are, that it is not easy for a person with intellect to make a false claim on a controversial matter. A person with intellect. If the person doesn't have intellect, he will say anything. It won't matter because he doesn't understand what he is saying. But a person who understands what he is saying, right? It will be difficult for this person to make a false claim on a controversial matter that will shame him, shame him upon exposure. He will not be able to say it without abashment concern and distress that point to his trickery and without affectation and excitement that imply his lie before the eyes of his watchful adversaries. Even if he were a small person with an insignificant social standing in a small community attending to a small duty and talking about an insignificant matter, this would not be possible. If you know innate human nature, if you know how people are, you will agree to this. In that case, how can it be possible for trickery and fallacy to enter the claims of a person like this one, who is a tremendous official with tremendous social standing, carrying out a tremendous duty, in need of tremendous trustworthiness, in a tremendously vast community, before tremendous adversaries, talking about a tremendous matter and making a tremendous claim. And here, he is saying what he is saying without being concerned about his opponents and without hesitation, abashment, fear or distress. With a sincere genuineness and unadulterated seriousness, with a stern and lofty style and in a way that provokes his adversaries by derogating their intellects, offending their lower souls, derogating their intellects. Do you not think? Do you have no intelligence? Do you not understand? This is God addressing to, to disbelievers in the Quran. 
Do you not know? Do you want? Do you not think? Do you not use your intelligence? Right? Here he is saying what he is saying without being concerned about his opponents and without hesitation, abashment, fear, or distress, with a sincere genuineness and unadulterated seriousness, with a stern and lofty style, and in a way that provokes his adversaries by derogating their intellects, offending their lower souls, and breaking their dignity. Breaking their dignity. You don't believe in this Quran? You don't believe that this is the word of God? You don't believe that Muhammad is a messenger of God? Go bring the like of it. Go make something similar to it. You can't make it on your own. Go get your friends too. Get your philosophers. Get your scientists. Get the most intelligent among you. You can't, you can't make one chapter. Make one verse. One verse. You can't do any of that. Where is your dignity then? Here is the challenge. You are dared. You are dared and you are chickening out. You are not able to accept the challenge. But yet you are still talking. This is the situation. This is the situation that he puts his adversaries in. With the message that he brings. His message is the truth. He says, I have the truth. I have no problem you know standing before you and communicating this let's debate you bring your evidence i'll bring my evidence let's see but no they cannot do it so what do they do they resort to violence they cannot sort things out in a gentlemanly fashion using the intellects using words using arguments so what do they do? They resort to violence. They attack, they boycott, they, they organize people to besiege the city he lives in. But what happens in the end? He is victorious. He is victorious because he has God with him. Is it at all possible for trickery to enter such a claim from such a person under such circumstances as mentioned? Certainly not. Surely it is nothing but revelation revealed to him. Yes, truth certainly has no need of imposture. And the sight of reality is above being deceived through imposture. Yes, his path of truth is not in need of imposture. And his watchful sight is free from confusing imagination with reality. MashaAllah, we will try to do the 10th droplet too, inshallah. 10. resha, 10th droplet. İşte bak, ne kadar meraka ver, ne kadar cazibedar, ne kadar lüzumlu, ne kadar dehşetli hakaikı gösterir ve mesaili ispat eder. Bilirsin ki en ziyade insanı tahrik eden meraktır. Hatta eğer sana denilse, yarı ömrünü, yarı malını versen, Kamerden ve müşteriden biri gelir. Kamerde ve müşteride ne var ne yok ahvalini sana haber verecek. Hem doğru olarak senin istikbalini ve başına ne geleceğini doğru olarak haber verecek. Merakın varsa vereceksin. Here, look. What curious, attractive, necessary and dreadful realities he is showing and what matters he is proving. What curious attractive necessary and dreadful realities he is showing and what matters he is proving we talked about this before what would we be without him the human predicament is there we live in this world we are attached to it we love things and we want them for eternity but at the same time we all face Without any exception, definitely and definitively, we all face death and separation. Either we die and leave things behind, or things break, rot, disappear, get destroyed, get lost, and die. 
This is the human predicament. The message that he brings to us that tells us what is to come after here and how we can prepare for it is absolutely necessary and also dreadful because what is to come after this is tremendous. Oh God, it's tremendous. What matters he is proving. He is not just saying, he is not just talking. He is proving them. You know that it is curiosity that motivates a person most. So much so that if you were told, if you give half, half the span of your life and half of your property, someone will come from the moon or from Jupiter and will inform you about what is on them, about their states. Then he will inform you about your future accurately and what will happen to you accurately too if you are curious you will give if you are curious some people want to know what's on the moon and this of course was written at a time before people had gone to the moon they want to know what's on jupiter but perhaps more urgently everybody wants to know what is what is to come what will become of them if you are curious you will give half the span of your life and half your property halbuki now this is you know what is on jupiter or what is going to happen to you individually but what is it that he is informing us about halbuki şu zat öyle bir sultanın ahbarını söylüyor ki memleketinde kamer bir sinek gibi bir pervane etrafında döner. O arz olan o pervane ise bir lamba etrafında pervaz eder. Ve o güneş olan lamba ise o sultanın binler menzillerin, menzillerinden bir misafirhanesinde binler misbahlar içinde bir lambasıdır. Whereas this person sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem is informing about such a sultan that in his lands, the sultan's lands, the moon revolves like a fly around a firefly. So the moon is reduced in significance or insignificance and smallness to that of a fly. It is revolving around a firefly. As for that firefly, which is the earth, it flies around a lamp. As for that lamp, which is the sun, it is a lamp among thousands of lanterns at a guest house in one of the thousands of rest stations belonging to that sultan. Now, you cannot imagine the sultan, you cannot comprehend the sultan, but try to understand, try to grasp his greatness, tremendousness from the measures of these things that belong to him from the measures of his property, from the measures of his disposal over these things. The moon is like a fly revolving around a firefly. The earth is like that firefly and flying around a lamp. The sun is that lamp and it is just one among thousands of such lamps at the guest house he has created this realm like a guest house in one of the thousands of rest stations, thousands of realms. Rabbul Alameen. He is the Lord of the realms. We see just one of them. The physical reality that we touch, smell, taste, see, hear. It's just one of those realms. He is that Sultan. He is that Sultan. Allahu Akbar. God is the greatest. He is greater than anything, anything including what we think him to be. He is greater than our comprehension. Hem öyle acayip bir alemden hakiki olarak bahsediyor ve öyle bir inkılaptan haber veriyor ki, binler küreyi arz bomba olsa patlasalar o kadar acıb olmaz. Bak onun lisanında, Estaizu billah, اِذَا الشَّمْسُ kuvirat. إذا السماء فطرت 
إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها القارئة gibi sureleri işit. Hem öyle bir istikbalden doğru olarak haber veriyor ki şu dünyevi istikbal ona nispeten bir katre serab hükmündedir. He is talking truly accurately about such an amazing realm and informing about such a revolution that if thousands of globes like the earth became bombs and and exploded that would not be as amazing look here on his tongue the chapters of the quran such as astaizu billah idha shamsu kuvirat idha samaa'un fatarat idha zulzilatil ardu zilzalaha and al when the sun is shrouded in darkness when the sky is torn apart when the earth is shaken violently in its last quaking and the crashing blow these are all verses from various chapters of the quran hear this the sky is torn apart the sky you were just looking the sun was shining there he is saying the sky will be torn apart the sun that dazzling light will be shrouded in darkness when the earth is shaken violently in its last quaking this is not going to be like those earthquakes that scare you so much no this is not going to be like one of them it will be a it will be a quake it will be a quaking that's going to destroy everything like the crashing blow he's talking about this he's talking about the end of the universe as you know it also he is accurately informing about such a future that compared to it this worldly future is in effect a mirage of a drop in the desert you are traveling you are thirsty you look you don't see water you see a drop of water that's like it not only that it's not real even its mirage is like a drop what is that this world the future that you are looking forward to in this world the one that you are preparing so hard for you know you need a retirement you need to buy your house you need to pay off that debt you need to do this you need to do that all of them put together all the concerns of this world put together all the concerns anxieties that you have about your future and the future of your children and whatnot in this world all of them put together is nothing nothing it's in effect the mirage of a drop compared to the future that he is talking about the rising the resurrection the gathering the accounting the accounting the bridge the paradise hell the time scale in all of these the scale of space the scale of the intensity of emotions and senses incomparable he's talking about that will you not will you not turn and listen i mean will you not turn and listen for what he actually is saying you may you know for the disbelievers right you may assume that you know something about him but did you listen to him from him ever he is really talking about really important big things you know if you if you miss this one you're you're probably going to be losing for good you'll be a loser forever do you not have any curiosity do you not have any concern that perhaps he might be right and if you are a believer don't let the satan get the best of you don't let your heedlessness get the better of you don't fall into heedlessness he is talking about tremendous affairs 
you either, either heed him or you pay for your heedlessness. He is a serious man talking about a serious matter that concerns you very seriously. Hem öyle bir saadetten pek ciddi olarak haber veriyor ki bütün saadeti dünyeviye ona nispeten bir berki zailin bir şemsi sermede nispeti gibidir. And also he is informing with such seriousness about such a felicity that compared to it all worldly happiness is but like a fast extinguishing lightning compared to a perpetual sun. A perpetual sun. Is there any light bulb out there that can illuminate your room? Even though the sun is outside and the light bulb is inside, that can illuminate your room the way that the sun illuminates? No, there isn't. Now, this is a perpetual sun. And what you have? The happinesses, pleasures of this world. Compared to that perpetual sun, they're like a fast extinguishing lightning in the middle of the storm in a dark night. It just clashes. This light illuminates the small universe that you can see and then disappears. That's it. That is the, the measure of the happinesses of this world. Of course, you want to be happy here and you want to be happy in the hereafter. We, when we ask from God, we ask for the good of this world and the good of the hereafter. But we still need to keep everything in the, in the right perspective that, that they are. We need to try to see reality as reality is. He is talking about tremendous revolutions, tremendous challenges and tremendous felicity that is to come inshallah if you if we if i listen to him maybe maybe be able to do that so the section from the uh masnavi nuri the luminous luminous masnavi about this is a bit lengthier but it is worth reading too and inshallah we will finish with that look and listen to what he is saying here he is talking about dreadful and tremendous realities and warning humanity. He is talking about matters to which hearts are attracted, with which the intellects necessarily agree, and to which they are drawn, the intellects are drawn with full attention. And thus, he is giving glad tidings to humanity. It is known that the yearning motivation to unveil the realities of things motivates many a curious people to sacrifice their spirits. Do you not see that if you were told, give up half your life or half of your property, and a person will come down from the moon or from Jupiter to inform you about their marvelous states, as well as about the reality of your future? You would agree to giving up. Isn't this amazing? You would agree to give up half of your life and property in order to satisfy your curiosity. Now, if your nafs or Satan tells you, you know, you wouldn't give up, etc., etc. This is just an example. There are other things for which you would give half your life. There are other things you are giving, giving two-thirds of your life. You are giving your life to build a career. You are giving up your life to live in a house that has two floors, whatever. A certain type of house that is appealing to your senses. Even though, you know, with, with the bare minimums, you could live in a house that just protected you from cold and you know in the summer the sun this the scorching of the sun from heat and cold etc but you are giving your life for all of these things you are giving your life away for things that are ultimately not worth giving away right so that's the human nature you would give your half of your life 
in order to know, in order to learn the skills and knowledge that will enable you to live the other half of your life in relative comfort. You would, you are giving up your life for things that will stay here in this world that will not follow you to the hereafter. Isn't this amazing? You would agree to give up half of your life and property in order to satisfy your curiosity. But will, you will not pay attention to what he says. Although what he says is confirmed by the consensus of all the people of witnessing and by the broad authentication of all the experts of these matters among the prophets, the voracious ones, the saints, the realizers of reality. The likes of Imam Ghazali, Abu Qadir Jilani, Bad-Uzzaman Said Nursi, Imam Rabbani, Ahmed Sirhindi, these great luminaries. Were they stupid hasha? God protect. Did they not have intellect? Hasha. Did they not have knowledge? Hasha. They were, in, they were intelligent. They were, they had their minds, their conscience in place. Their hearts were good. They were intel. They had lots of knowledge. They investigated the matter, and they said, "Look, hold on one second. This man who is our master, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is telling the truth. So he is telling a truth that is corroborated with so many sources that are so." Um, authorized so authoritative in the matter the broad authentication of all the experts of these matters among the prophets the voracious ones the saints and the realizers of reality he is talking about the conduct of a sultan in whose lens the moon is but a fly flying around a moth flying in turn around a lamp among the lamps that he has lit in just one of his thousands of rest stations, which he has prepared for his traveling guests this world. Likewise, he informs about the realm that is a place of wonders and amazements, and he is informing about such amazing revolutions that, say, if the earth were to explode and the mountains were to float in the air like clouds, that would not be the equivalent of a tenth of a tenth of that amazing revolution. And if you will, listen to some examples of from his tongue. Astaghfirullah. billah. Iza shamsu kuwirat. Iza samaun fatorat. Iza zulzilatil ardu zilzalaha. And al qariah when the sun is shrouded in darkness quran 81 1 when the sky is torn apart 82 1 when the earth is shaken violently in its last quaking 99 1 the crashing blow 101 1 he is also reporting based on verified knowledge about such a future that compared to it the future of this world is but like the mirage of a drop of water without benefit compared to an ocean without shore also he is giving the glad tidings of such a felicity which he has witnessed that compared to it worldly felicity is but like a transient transient extinguishing lightning compared to a perpetual sun yes beneath the veil of this amazing cosmos amazing things are waiting for us and looking at us the reports of such amazing and wondrous things can only come from an amazing and wonderful person who witnesses them first before bearing witness to them and sees them first before reporting about them yes we witness in his acts and deportment that he witnesses first and then bears witness and warns or gives glad tidings and in this way he is informing about what pleases the lord of the realms what he demands from us what the lord of the realms demands from us what our lord what my lord demands from me 
and so on about tremendous matters that cannot be avoided they cannot be avoided about amazing realities from which there is no escape and without which there is no felicity oh what regret is upon the heedless ones oh what a loss is for the misguided oh wonder at the foolishness of the majority of the people how can they be so blind to truth and deaf to this reality they are not paying attention to the like of this amazing person while it behooves one to sacrifice one's spirit and hasten to the like of him leaving the world and all that is in it behind oh god oh god connect us with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the one that you have chosen to send your message to convey your message and to illuminate our hearts connect us to him oh god cleanse this heedlessness from our hearts so that we can heed him as as the message he has brought deserves to be heeded subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha allahumma salli ala